Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. Work is love made visible. And what is it to work with love? It is to weave the cloth with threads drawn from your heart. And that's from Khalil Gibran. And his little book, The Prophet, is probably one of the first little inspirational spiritual books that I ever ran across as a kid. And um, reading this quote, I think I'm going to pull that out because I probably could use that right about now. So hello, wonderful listeners. Um, Sometimes I say, hello, all you cool kids. But I don't know if you've watched The Tiger King, but if you have, you know, Carol Baskin says, hello, all you cats and kittens. So I'm going to skip that greeting for a while. (laughs) If you've watched the series, you know why. Before I introduce Michelle P.W., I want to let you know I have a few things going on. I will be starting a group in May. Right now, the title of it is Refocus, and it is a mastermind group. It will be limited to 20 people. So if you want more information about that, be sure to check my Facebook or get into lucydumascoaching.com. And then also check my online course, the Profitable Photographer Sales Academy, because for the rest of April and into May, I have a very special pricing on that where most of us at home for a good part of it. And it's a good time to pick up on an online course while we're not out running around. Thank you again for supporting this podcast by listening and sharing. So let me introduce you to the amazing Michelle P.W. She's a best-selling, award-winning fiction and nonfiction author. On the fiction side, she writes psychological thriller, mystery suspense books, and she has a popular book blog. On the nonfiction side, she's written five books in the love-based business series that shares how to sell more with love and build a solid, profitable business on a foundation of love. She also owns a copywriting and marketing company, and you can learn more about her at michellepw.com. So welcome, 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 Michelle. Well, thank you so much for having me. Sure. We met at a podcasting conference, and I like to sometimes introduce you, my listener, to people that can help you grow your business that you may not have a chance to learn about. So Michelle talked a lot about love-based coffee, and that caught my attention. I'd love to know just a little bit about your background, if you can share how you got into writing or something else that would just help the listeners get to know you a little bit. So I taught myself to read when I was three years old because I wanted to write stories so badly. And then when I was in high school, I was trying to figure out what to do to make money while I wrote books. And everybody said, be a journalist. And I said, ah, (laughs) and it was, I want to be a journalist. And then in my twenties though, is when I discovered kind of this whole wacky world of direct response copywriting. What it is, is copywriting. We're talking about writing promotional materials. We're not talking about putting an intellectual property on anything. So this is, so if you, if you came to this call thinking we were going to talk about intellectually protecting your photographs, that's not what this call is about. That's all journalism and, or not journalism, that's all governments and lawyers and other unpleasant things. (laughs) 
so okay. what we're going to be talking about is how you can use words to sell your photography business. And I realize that you've got, I'm, I'm sure most of you have absolutely gorgeous pictures, but as you also probably know, that's not always enough. Right. And so we need to also need to also be able to, you know, make, um, you know, make yourself stand out. And the way you do that is with words. Oh, I know what words are. <laughs> Actually, so question, do you remember the first story you wrote? or something when you were young? I, you know, I don't act, I don't remember any titles, but I, what I will say is before I could read, what I would do is I would draw pictures. So I still had stories in my head and I drew, and I mean, so remember, I'm, I'm quite young and I'm, I'm not very artistic on that side. So I would draw what I called happy face spiders. Well, they were happy face spiders if, it, if they were, if they had a happy ending and they were sad face spiders, if, <laughs> if it was a sad ending. And the way they looked is they looked like suns, like, you know, so a big circle with, yeah, with a face and then, and, and then like a million little legs, like I couldn't really count. So a million little legs around them. And then I would draw these little pictures. I think now that would be called a graphic novel. <laughs> I think so. You were way ahead of your time. I wrote a book. I was so ahead of the curve. I, I wrote a quote unquote book that I ran across recently in my stuff because I think I folded it up and stapled the ends so that it actually was like a book handwritten. It had to be in sixth grade because that's when the Beatles became my whole world. <laughs> and it, it was this whole adventure of the Beatles and a werewolf. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I'm sure I wrote something before that because I love to write as well. If I hadn't... Um, like I got A's in English and creative writing and, and all of that because it just came naturally for me. But it, it seemed like too much work. I was an artist looking for a medium. Hmm. I didn't realize it until I got my first good camera. And it was like, oh my gosh, now I can express myself creatively and I don't have to spend a lot of time painting or writing or doing clay or any of those things. So I have that book in me, Michelle, that may never get written, that novel. <laughs> but well, you're, you're, you're not alone. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's a good one, too. <laughs> They're always great when before they've been written, I have to say. <laughs> yes. And I, I definitely know, though, that I have nonfiction books in me, and I'm imagining a lot of my listeners do as well. They just don't realize how much they know and how people would love to learn from their experience and wisdom. So, yes. Yeah. So, first of all, can you define love-based copy? Yes. So, so what this kind of comes down to is persuasion. And and to be clear, everybody's persuading. So, you we are, you know, humans are social creatures. We need to communicate because we're social creatures. And one of the ways we communicate is using persuasion. And every day you're being persuaded or are persuading. And it doesn't and I'm not even talking about advertising and what's going on, you know, with business and stuff like that. You know, you're you're also being persuaded when your spouse wants uh, you to, you know, to, to 
to uh, pick a restaurant or you're trying to persuade your kids to go to bed at a, at a decent bedtime. So persuasion is just is one of the th many ways we communicate. And if you want somebody to take action, you have to actually tap into their emotions and you have a choice. You can tap into their love-based emotions or their fear-based emotions because all emotions uh, fall under love or fear. And fear is more than just like fear and anxiety and worry. It's also things like shame and guilt, which you can also use for persuasion. And it's also emotions like anger and grief and resentment, which are not very good at persuasion, mm. but they're there, they're there, they're there too. So part of why you maybe, and, and, I, and I get this a lot with creative professionals, that you just you're just curling up in a tiny little ball as I've even talking about selling yourself or writing copy on a website because you, because you're associating that with sort of traditional sales marketing and copy which is really tapping into the fear and shame and guilt and really just makes everything feel icky but I'm here to say that you don't have to you don't have to persuade that way you can persuade with love mm. and that's really what I teach and that's what my my books are about too is that it's 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 totally fine and to to tap into that to move your business forward. So I love that picture of curling up into a ball with the thought that we're afraid because we think it has to be negative and dark and scary and, and kind of icky when we're selling, but that when we take that opposite approach where we're using our heart and we're speaking, connecting from the level of love, then to me, that sounds like a joy and a pleasure. Exactly. So do you have examples or a comparison of a love copy versus fear? Yes. One of the things that you may have seen, like if you're on online, by the way, so I, I guess I didn't talk completely about copywriting. So it is writing promotional materials. And what I really talk about is direct response. And what direct response mean is that the the copy pieces are your your ideal prospects are directly responding to the copy pieces. So these are emails where you click on a link to go somewhere. These are um, opt-in pages or landing pages where you put in your name and email address because you want to get a free gift. Or these are these online sales pages where you're scrolling down forever, going, "Oh my God, does anybody read all this? And where's the price? I just want to know how much it costs." That's an example of an online sales letter. So on this online sales letter, a lot of times at the end you might see something like a frequently asked questions, which is actually very highly read. A lot of people read the frequently asked questions. And you may have seen somebody, the, a question like, well, what if I don't have the time to do this? And then the answer, if you're doing this from a sort of a, uh, sort of a fear-based, shame-based way, is, is you would say something to the effect of, well, if you want to be a successful photographer, you have to learn how to do this. And, and, and successful photographers will find the time to do this. So if you can't find the time to take this program, then clearly you don't want to be successful. So Oh. So yeah, that's so see how shit I just I, I almost like got this like like a nausea in my throat. Yeah. Just hearing that. So and it's powerful. It was a little twinge of, of fear and also ick at the same time. Exactly. That's the thing. It's yeah. it's bringing up these emotions that most people don't want to feel, and and so and most people so because most people don't want to feel feel them, they they try not to feel them. They push them away, which means that they actually have a lot of power over you. So what's happening is if you somebody reads that yeah. and they feel that emotion, and then the sort of the implied promise in that sales page is if you buy the program, then that then that feeling is going to go away. So that's really what you're. So it's all. So that's really what's kind of being created. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to do this 
this from a love-based way. So here's an example from some friends of mine who I helped write some copy for them years ago. They had a coaching program that was really about taking like a big leap or, or up-leveling their business or life. And so they had the same sort of so it's the same questions like what if I don't have the time it's a, this was a longer program and and the answer was well you know the thing about taking a quantum leap is you are going to have it's good it, there's going to be some great things that are happening and, and there are going to be some bad things that happen because that's just part of the process you know the, the whole expansion and contraction so you may not be in a place where you can handle the contraction or the bad the bad times this year maybe you're taking care of a sick mom maybe you've got young kids at home it just might not be your year and that's okay you don't have to so you know we can just hug and uh, part as friends. And if, if you want to come back next year and we're still offering it, we'd love to have you. But if not, that's okay. But if you are ready to do whatever it takes to have that quantum leap, then, you know, let's let's go, you know, strap on and let's go. So you see the difference in the energy. So in that case, we're, you're, one of the things we're doing is we're being honest. So I actually was able to talk to, uh, I was interviewed by a Forbes person and I, and the, and the love-based copy was actually featured in Forbes. And one of the things that I talked about with him was really about how love is about truth. It's about authenticity. Yeah. I mean, the reality of situations, we're all grownups. And I know for a lot of people, you feel like you have to, they, they're afraid if you tell the truth over what's going to happen or what, what could happen, either the truth and that maybe the results aren't going to happen the way you wanted or the truth in that there might be some, you know, bumps in the bumps on the road. People are going to choose not to, and that's absolutely true. People, some people will choose not to do it because of that. But that doesn't matter. They weren't your, they weren't your ideal clients. So your ideal clients are the people who are 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 the grownups who who understand the the good and the bad because we all know there's good and bad in things. I mean, it's not. It's like nothing is nothing is pure good and nothing is pure bad. It's always a mix. So the, the, the thing is, is what has adults you weigh in, do the pros outweigh the cons? If the pros mm -hmm. outweigh the cons, then okay, sign me up and let's go. Uh, the problem, if you cover that up because you want the money right now, then the problem is, is the people who don't, who, who, who you, you didn't, you weren't honest with the cons. So then when the cons come up, because they always will come up, they're going to feel like they, they're going to mm -hmm. feel blindsided. They're going to feel like you pulled the wool out of your eyes that you weren't honest. These people might be the ones that ask for refunds, you know, they, or they become very hard to work with because they become very needy or maybe they ghost or maybe they say bad things about you. Mm -hmm. So in the short term, you'll make money covering things up, but in the long term, you know, think about the long-term costs to the erosion of your brand and your reputation. So that's really what we're talking about here is we're okay. really talking about being honest and authentic. So Michelle, I'm, as a coach, I'm totally with you on how to do this in my copy as a photographer i'm i'm struggling a little to figure out concretely what that would look like now for us a website that where the call to action the what's the word you use direct direct action yeah call to action a cta i mean yeah so so they so that they actually choose you so yes yes there's places on websites on our websites where persuading not just by our photographs and because it's a visual medium i don't know if people read everything i doubt it so could you i'm gonna put you on the spot here and think about so it's a family photographer and they've got beautiful images and the call to action is to send a an email you know send a response so we can get in touch so can you share that love-based copy, like what that might look like for a family photographer? 
Yes. So there's a couple things here. I will say for myself, I've, I've hired for professional photographers over the years, and I will say that looking at, at their photos is important, but there's a lot of very, very talented pho photographers out there. So, oh, yeah. so then what, how can you make the difference? So the thing is, is that if all you have are, are, are your beautiful photos on a website, what the, the, the next and, and nothing else, then the next thing they're going to, you know, they might use location as, as a way to sort of ferret out who to use and who not to use. But then if you're dealing with a whole bunch of people in a location, then it, it becomes down to cost. And you really don't want to be in... Well, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull back on that a little bit. Okay. Because in my teaching, we do not put cost. Yes. Oh, I agree. On website. I agree. No, you shouldn't put a cost yeah. on a website. Okay. But, but when you send emails and, out... And the, the pricing conversation comes way after they've... In, in the way that I teach with my sales academy is that we wow them with, I'll call it a love-based uh, connection, <laughs> sharing what we do, making friends with them, establishing ourselves in a leadership role so that the cost factor becomes the least important aspect. It, at that point, it's like, okay, I want to work with her. Now I hope I can afford her so that they're not comparing anymore by cost. They're just, like i love her so I, I just just wanted to i don't know if that fits in with what you were saying but i'm wanting to mine the gold uh from you on that so yes and that's exactly and, and that's exactly that's exactly what i was going to say because the reality of this is, yeah so the reality of the situation is that if you don't connect with them because that's how you have that that's a lot of ways is that you're choosing somebody because of, of their personality and the connection you have and that you feel like they understand your you know like that you feel like the photographer understands your vision uh what you want to do so the thing is is that you're absolutely right you can send in an email and get into a big phone a big conversation with that and you can do it that way but what if you could shorten the curve and put some of that on a website so that mm -hmm. not the not the cost part Part, but the connection part so people could get a sense of who you are yeah. and uh, how you work with people and that uh, and how you understand how, how you're able to grasp the the client's vision and actually give them what they wanted because the more you can actually do that on a website so now maybe they're only sending an email to you versus sending an email to a bunch of people because there's a bunch of websites out there that have pretty photos on them but they don't have the and and and, and they've all followed what you said mm. and they don't have the prices which I I agree. You should not have your prices. So I was not advocating for that. I was just saying that if you do not give somebody another reason to buy, that's what it's going to default to. So you have to you have to give them something else. Good. So what if you able whatever to take to part of that translation of the of the one on one interview and put some of that on your website? Right. Now you're making a connection on your website, and then and again, like I said, then then you're then maybe they've got one uh, one or two calls versus one of ten, and and then the problem with the one of ten is that it's usually mm -hmm. whoever is um connects with them earliest <laughs> you know so it's almost an or you know depending on how much how much you know you know there are some clients who obviously are very very research oriented and very detail oriented and may actually interview multiple people and do all that but you know a lot of there's a there's an also awful uh, there's also another way of buyers which the buyers are like the first person they they like they, they do it and they just ignore the rest even if, even if somebody down the road might have been a better fit you know down the down, but they just 
too far the list. So that's what I would say is the way to do that. So how do you do that? Well, client stories are really good to really ask your clients and put that on there. Right. Like, you, the, you know, the client, you, know, you actually write the story, have the, right. say like the client says, you know, I really wanted, I was looking for a great photographer because, you know, my kids are squirrely or, you know, they're so, you know, like I, I just had, I had, we had so many bad experiences with other, mm. you know, photographers with the family and I found so-and-so and, -so, and uh, they just, she, she knew exactly what I wanted. She knew exactly how, what we could do to really transform, you know, blah, 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 blah. You see where I'm going? So you have the, 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 the problem and then you have the solution. And then of course you would accompany that with some of the, some of the beautiful uh, photos. So that's a good, a great way to do it. Another way would be, I know this might be scary for some of you, but maybe have a video or audio of yourself so that you can actually talk directly to them so they can get a sense of your energy. Because mm -hmm. again, you're going to be spending time in a, you know, in a, in a shoot with this person. So you want to know if you actually even resonated all with their energy. Yes. So, and you, and you can talk about your philosophy and you can talk about how you work with clients and how you, you know, whatever, whatever it is and, and what your, your, you know, and how you can bring things to life for them. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would say. Okay. So can I give you a little challenge? Of course. Okay. So years ago, I was at a workshop and the person that was teaching, it was, I've been around a long time. <laughs> so it was pre-internet, if you can imagine a time such as that. <laughs> and so photographers, one of their biggest marketing aspects was mail and promo pieces and postcards. Yes. And so the person was giving a workshop on how to write good, effective postcards. And uh, this obviously stuck with me. They said, basically, what you, all good copy for photographers is going to have this implied. We're all going to, or for people, photographers, family and weddings, we're all going to die is <laughs> like the foundation, but you would never say that. So now that I'm more into um, understanding problem, solution, problem, solution. So that's the problem that, that people are having. And the solution is having portraits created so that we capture our memories and celebrate our life as it is this moment, because every moment is different. Are you with me on that? Uh-huh. Are you shocked by it? You know, it got a laugh and you could never write it like, guess what? We're all going to die. So you better get a picture taken. But that is an essence. Is Can you weave your magic spell and do a title for something, a Facebook post or a postcard or an email, a, a one one-liner phrase that kind of puts that problem and solution in good good words so you know that's a great copy good words good words. Give me some good words michelle <laughs> well quite honestly i don't think that that would be very i mean i i that would be something to have to, but that's that to me is i mean yes uh, that there is some truth in that that we're all going to die and uh and capturing our memories is part of it but the thing is is that that's kind of baked into the whole pie. So okay. talking about it is not all that persuasive because that's not 
nobody's going that deep with the photographer with, with the photograph so so i mean i i will say right now that like with wedding photographers that is a little bit of a commodity i mean everybody knows that we get a wedding photographer because we, we want to capture the moment so you know we're, nobody is thinking about well you know the reason why i want to capture the moment is because you know my spouse might die and then i'll have pictures or whatever or I'll, i can leave these pictures for my kids so you know so it's it's and then the same with the family photographers it's the same thing it's like you know it's it's kind of baked into it so you know maybe at some point you know years and years and years ago when photography was first on that would would have been a selling point but it's kind of baked into it so saying it even if you did say it in a in a compelling way it wouldn't be that compelling because nobody that's not really what's motivating people because it's just it's so baked into it so hmm. i i i think that the way and and quite honestly and then as this and the thing is is that's it's a very strange workshop because because all well, because all photographers well no hold on so all the photographers think that so yeah. the thing is is that there there's nothing in that statement that would defend that would make anybody different because we're all dealing with the same thing so we're all dealing with that that that's, that's the essence why somebody gets a gets their photographs okay I'll, I'll buy that but then how but then there's no way that uh, one person can be better than another person so that's what I mean is that we really need to sink down into what makes you different and what your energy okay. the way you approach things how you best actually bring what the clients want to life that's really what everybody is mm. looking for they're not looking for it on that level okay so the examples just to the examples were something like, you know, life, life changes or life is everyone changes every day or, or remember today long into the future has that, like you said, that implied that, that today it's going to change. Yeah. And that it does. I, right. I, I don't, I, I don't see that. I, I mean, you could, you, I see that is really weak copy yes. because you can put that copy on anybody's on any photographer's site right. and it would make sense yeah, i love so, that so what's the point yeah so what's the point so let's talk about what makes you unique and compelling not what why photography and why you know as a mm -hmm. general rule why we do it so a, a problem solution could be uh, you know tell me if uh, this has so a problem solution would be like I I have a, I, I have a strong vision of what I want to see and I and, and I need to find a photographer who can capture that I want to make sure that I like the photographer and the energy and they're not going to piss off my my family <laughs> during the during the have you had family portraits done I have a really difficult mother and I want to make sure that she's satisfied yes no we haven't had no, no like, but I, have I you been imagine. in my world because that is the challenge with yes. the dads is that's my that's my yes that well it, that's my super gift is my super gift is really being able to to, to think like what what ideal clients yeah. would need so that's why so that's what i can do so that's what that's that's the problem solution right. not this photography as a sort of a, a like a like a whole esoteric philosophy we're all going to die you know nietzsche staring into the abyss thing that's not why <laughs> we're doing this <laughs> Well, and I'm thinking probably an, an a, a core fear is I'm not going to look good in this picture. Like, and that's true too. Or my my family isn't going to look good. Yes. Yes. So, because for me, I I can photograph so beautifully that people are like, oh my gosh, she's gorgeous, and which we all are gorgeous in the hands of the right photographer who knows my angles and. Can get a natural expression 
with a photographer that's not as skilled, I can look really old and really fat and really yeah. not, it, you know, I don't mean to denigrate myself, but I can especially look great or not great depending on that photographer's skill. And so when I hire somebody, I want to know that they, they know how to get the best out of me and my family. So am I on track then, yeah. Michelle, that, that I've discovered a problem yes. and then the solution would yes. be talking about like for me, for example, I'm a student of the face and I know how to evoke emotion and I know how to light people and pose them in a way that they look the most, their most natural and their most flattered. Yes. So finding a way to say that without saying it directly right? That's exactly it. Yeah. And so for me, I'd be, I'm pretty photogenic. So I don't worry as much about that. So I might not be a perfect ideal. I mean, I'm sure you could do a lovely job with me, but with me, I would be, I'm, I'm more looking at, do I like their energy? Do I, do I think that they're understanding my vision? Right. So that's exactly it. There are, so, but for people out there that are really shy or really, in, or had bad experiences or are self-conscious about like, maybe they've gained a few extra pounds and, you know, since with their baby right. and they haven't taken it off, that's, all that's and so exactly that's what you have so what I would really invite all of you listening is to really think about who is your who do you, who do you really love to serve so think of a, like a really perfect photography session and what happened and what was and and, and not because I suspect you know I mean you know there's there, there are days where you where you snap the pictures and it's all well the client likes it and everything's and everything's fine I'm talking about something that's deeply satisfying where somebody came to you and just and and that was like your your that was just a, a perfect thing like they had this really big thing you know big issue big whatever and you were able to, to to work with them that's what i think you know put that out there those that 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 issue that problem that ideal client and other people will come you're not just it's not like you're just going to focus on them and nobody mm -hmm. else like you know what you said about a student in the face you know I, like other people you know like somebody who is a who is photogenic who doesn't have that problem may may still be so attracted to that energy again like i say you know your energy and, and is even more important than some other businesses so that's what i would really invite you to do and then really write really really create copy to that perfect person that you really find so satisfying as a photographer. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, I understand that surveys are like popular social media ways to gain audiences. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking that a survey for a photographer to list, you know, what, what might be your biggest worry? I'm not going to look good. My, my children might be, um, to score me and you won't be able to get good pictures of them. You know, there's probably about five general worries. So do you think that would be a good as homework assignment for my listeners is to put a survey out on their Facebook, on their website? Not, mm -hmm. well, maybe a website that could be in the FAQ, send emails, put it on LinkedIn to try to discover, oh, maybe even phone calls with our our favorite clients and say, what was your biggest concern? Yes. 
it's always a good idea to say what was your biggest concern yes yeah, so i think calling some of your favorite clients and putting it out there and then i would also say why did you pick me over somebody else because that's going to help you actually figure out what you did or what you brought to the table that had your favorite client want to move with you so not only is it like what was your biggest concern when you were searching out for when you're doing research photographer and then why did you pick me over everybody else cool yeah because i think sometimes especially you know, in my community, we're not really in touch with what our client's biggest worries might be. So doing doing research yes. and then figuring out ways to address that. So I love this. Uh, this is so practical and yet it gets to the heart. One of the things that I recommend, I notice a lot of people in the photography world in their about me page in the last, I don't know, five years or so, People have started saying things like, I love black coffee. Italy is my favorite country. I bought a camera uh, when my son was one, and that's how I started. And to me, as I'm hearing you, the reason that doesn't grab me is because it doesn't feel love-based in terms of reaching out to the client and what they're wanting from a photographer do you have thoughts on that yes that's exactly it it's all about the photographer which and there's a time and place for that like when we started with you asking me you know how i got started as a writer and so again that's part of your energy and part of your story is to share your story but yeah if you're leading with just like i love black coffee i you know i might and i i love to italy and here's some great photos i took of italy you know that's nice and 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 great and that doesn't really solve that, that there's nothing in there that's going to, that's going to make, that's going to scream, oh my God, you are the right, perfect photographer right. for me and my wedding. Right. What I, when I was a wedding photographer, it was pre-website, but, um, and I'm not sure if I actually put this in my, in my brochure or just talked about it a lot, but I've always been a wedding junkie. I watched, I cry at cartoon weddings. This is my copy. I cry at cartoon weddings. My first memory of a wedding was when when uh, the richest person in our church got married and the the row of candles and that beautiful dress i was five and i was dazzled so to me what that says is i'm not a wedding photographer for the money i'm i'm going to be so excited to be at your wedding because i love weddings and as a potential bride that's something i would want in my wedding photographer is someone that actually enjoys the whole wedding scene in general. Am I on track with that? Is that a love-based approach? Yes. Yes. You're absolutely on track. And then I would just bring it home and say, you know, that's so, you know, I love weddings and, and, and that's why I would love to, that's why I, I absolutely love what I do and love, you know, there's, there's nothing I'd rather do than fo photograph weddings because I just love them so much. So I would, right. so bring that in and you're right for, for those, those brides who are especially looking for somebody who is excited about their wedding as she is, that would be, they right. would definitely love it. <laughs> And I think that's why within, oh, maybe three, four years, I became one of the top three, both money-wise and sought-after photographers in San Diego, because intuitively, and at the time, there were, like, there was one woman photographer to 25 men, and so and intuitively, I was putting out that love-based message and connecting with brides, so I turned away 
tons of work, sent it to other photographer or friends of mine. So I like accidentally <laughs> did the right thing, it sounds like, Michelle. Yes. Just by being myself and sharing what I love. And that's really what Love Base is all about, is being what you know authentic, being true, and that's exactly what you were. So if you're authentic and true, you, you, and you can't, you've got to be authentic and true. I mean, you can't hide. It's going to be exhausting if you keep hiding your true self and you for an entire day while you're photographing a wedding. Just be authentic and true, yeah. and the right people will, will love that about you. Right. And the reason I had to quit is I authentically and truly did not love it anymore. <laughs> then you have to quit and then it's time years. to do something else it was like groundhog's day and so stressful and there were new people that weddings are like the perfect tra training ground for a photographer because you have uh event portraiture architect food photography you know so many challenges that you as you overcome them wedding after wedding after wedding you become competent in in many, many things, but yeah, I, that's, and, and babies have always been my other love. So that's what I switched to back before anybody was doing high-end baby photography. So, hey, good to know I'm on track. <laughs> and now, of course, I really love sitting in my chair and supporting other people and uh, their growth and their passion in photography as well. So yeah, enough about me. <laughs> uh, I love this. And when you and I met, we met at a podcasting conference. I think, I think I said that earlier. And that's one of the reasons I asked if you would be on my, on my show is because any, anybody that is focusing on love as a, as a central feature in their business, um, I'm all over that. Yeah. <laughs> So is there anything else that you would love to share with my listeners? It can feel a little scary doing this. So I will just say that because I know there's, you know, you, you, especially if you're thinking to yourself, I don't have enough clients as it is. And, you know, and if you feel like if you try to get a little more specific, you're going to have fewer clients. And I will, I'm here to say that is not true. That if you're trying to be the photographer for everybody, that is probably why you are struggling to get clients because people don't want the photographer for everyone. They want the perfect photographer for them. So the more you can step into being confident and and specific about who you're looking for that doesn't mean you can't take other clients and that doesn't mean other clients that aren't you know aren't the aren't the exact perfect person you put out there aren't going to come to you because they will and that's the thing they're going to be attracted to that specificity so the more specific and the more authentic and the more you can actually do that on your on your website the the more this is all going to it's, it's going to it's going to happen it's, it's going to all come together so i would just say i know it can feel a little scary and a little feel a little bit this but you, you are on the right track yeah specific authentic was there a third word i think i said true so true to yourself too yeah true to yourself yeah because i i love that that was some love-based copy there <laughs> <laughs> uh, something i struggle with is writing copy that sounds like everyone else's because i've read so many things and one of my coaches in a program um, about attracting ideal clients, and I was writing a title for something, and she's like, you're talking to photographers and artists. That languaging 
I doubt they're going to be interested in that. She challenged me to really try to think of what appeals to the people that I am here to serve. I'm imagining that that's exactly on track with what you're saying, Michelle. Yes. The more you can really just, yeah, picture pitch your ideal clients. Yes. The more you yes. can really be clear that you're talking directly to them, the, the less that's going to happen, that you're going to just sound exactly, you know, like everybody else's. Yeah. When I'm, so this, I think also weaves really inter, not intricately. What's the word I'm looking for? Anyway, it's a huge, it's a piece of the whole branding piece is, is the words that we use to communicate. And so when we discover like one of the things I do, Michelle, with my coaching clients is we do a whole branding identity search. And so I have a craft project they do. I have a visualization and, you know, look at their words, their specialty. And out of it comes a, a sense of who they are authentically the colors they're drawn to, the textures they're drawn to, the, the kind of fonts. And then within that, and I've until talking to you right now, Michelle, I hadn't thought about it. I want to put in a, some kind of activity that can also help pull out what kind, of, what kind of copy, what kind of style of writing would also communicate that authenticity. So I love I love that extra piece that you're offering my listeners and me <laughs> on, on the authenticity. Yeah. I think that's going to, I think that's, that's, that is very powerful because yes, that's exactly what's needed. So yes, I love that. Yeah. My, the, the woman that I was mentioning, her name is Gina Gabellini. <laughs> she is fun. She is wild. She puts on her, on her uh, email, she puts yowza her her photos yes. i love gina she's a good oh, friend yeah. i was just listening to her this morning she she jumps her her branding photographs she has a hundred photographs and they're all in a white background but she's doing all kinds of active things like thinking and you know it and she's an example since you know her as well of somebody fully embracing her authenticity and her copy being very connecting with all of it. So, yeah. Yeah. So anyone that wants to check out Gina Gabellini, it, it's with a J, you'll see what I'm talking about. And as she has shared that she used to be much more like, oh, I need to be like everyone else. And then she embraced and shared her heart and her, she's deeply spiritual. So she steps out and shares that aspect of of who she is to serve the people like me who are attracted to that. And I'm sure there are people who are not at all attracted to, to that. And that's, that's perfectly fine. Anything else? I knew this would be a fun conversation. I think we've covered uh, a, a lot. So yeah, I think, I, I think that's great. I think so too. I think so too. So before I tell Michelle PW, Adieu, <laughs> it's such a good word. Remember to stay tuned. I'm going to do a little wrap up. And so how do we reach you? And I know you have a free gift 
for my listeners? Yes. So michellepw.com, that's got all my different blogs and uh, contact information, you know, social networking, all of that. M-I-C-H-E-L-E-P-W.com. One L. And one L, yes. And then um, I have a love-based copywriting template that's going to give more some more of the foundational pieces and will can really help you get started. And you can get that for free as well. And it goes with my love-based copywriting books, but you can certainly get started free with the template. And that's the love-based copywriting template at lovebasedcopywritingbook.com forward slash template. So of your books, because you've written five. Right. Five nonfiction, five fiction. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That's what I I meant to, of your books on the love-based business. Which one would you recommend someone start with? So if you are looking for like the, just kind of getting more about the philosophy, then the love-based copywriting method is great. But if you are, if you've got this and you want to kind of get into the, the, you know, the nuts and bolts of how to write copy, that's my love-based copywriting system. So I would say those two books, uh, depending on what you're looking for, if you're looking for more of a how-to, like how to write headlines and features and benefits, and you want the love-based copywriting writing system, but if you're kind of looking for the overall philosophy, how to motivate that kind of thing in the love-based copywriting method. And if I wanted a page turner, because right now we're recording this when we're having, uh, and I don't mean to make light of it at all, but we're in a staycation at home. So for a page turner, uh, what do you think would be the first of your fiction books? So it began with a lie is the, is the first book for my, my series. So, and and it's a psychological thriller. And then I also have the stolen twin, which is, well, they're, they're all, you know, they're all psychological thrillers. The stolen twin is my best selling one. That's a standalone, but and it began with lie is a series. And that one, the, both of them are, are, um, both of them have been read quite a bit. And yeah, so I would, I would check out those two. Just the titles are obviously good copy. (laughs) (laughs) And do you, if someone was like, I don't want to write it, I need help. Are you available for that? Yes. So I have a copywriting company and we'd be delighted to do that. So you can get all the details on michellepw.com. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Well, thank you so, so much. And I'm sure this is going to be a mind-blowing episode. I, I can just see the listeners right now, like, their minds are just blown and their eyes are rolling in the back of their head from all this great <laughs> information, <laughs> probably things as artists that we already know, but, but um, putting it in such clear terms, I really appreciate. And I know my listeners are grateful that you took the time to have a chat with us. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. Talk to you later. All right. I said goodbye to Michelle and now we're back for the wrap up. Before we do, I want to remind you to go to lucydumascoaching.com if you want to get in touch. I'd love if you rated and reviewed this podcast on iTunes. And when you go to my website, click on the classes tab. If it's still spring 2020, there's a special offer there. And also I have a seven tips for getting clients. I think it's got some other name, but there's a couple of free gifts on the website. So everything is there. Okay. Well, I really love this conversation with Michelle because how we show up authentically to our clients, what I really heard from her is, and especially in our industry, we have to stand out where we want to attract people to us that we're the ones they want, that it's not based on price or products 
or a lot of great photographers out there. So even over and above the quality of our photography is putting forth our own authenticity and communicating to them what the experience is going to be like, how they're going to feel during the session, after the session. I would say the confidence that, that they will have with us. So all the copy that we write on our websites, on any promotional materials, uh, lead magnets, things where we're, when we're sending emails or we're putting together a, so a lead magnet is something like seven tips for uh, finding your perfect vacation spot for portraits or something. That gets people into our email and then we, we have the opportunity to continue to stay in touch with them, write newsletters, do potential promotions, that all of that, when it's based in truth and authenticity, is what she calls love-based copy. I liked that comparison. There's love and there's fear. And people can be persuaded by fear. And, you know, it happens a lot. And at the same time, especially with us in photography, motivation by fear, well, that's not the kind of client I'd want to work with necessarily. Anyway, you listen to it, you get it. And I liked how she said the comparison. So a fear-based something might be, if you don't do this, then you're going to experience this. But the love-based would be, if you don't, if you have this concern, yes, maybe blah, 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 blah. But if you do go for it, here's the positives. So, and her um, acknowledging that this might be scary to think about doing it and revealing ourselves. Like as I've been podcasting, I've been more and more sharing more personally about myself and it is scary. And, and yet I, I don't know what they're, what, what the fear is. So in everything we do, being authentic and communicating in a way, in, in all levels of what we write, the pictures we take, the, the style of, of our branding, everything, that is going to magnetize the people that you're going to love to work with. Oh, and then the couple little tips where she said, telling client stories is a great way to uh, do love-based copy videos. Now with Facebook, videos are more and more helpful in getting work. I also understand Facebook stories are starting to be really successful. So anywho, thank you for listening. Have a really wonderful day, week, month, life, and stay in touch. Bye for now. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.